Howdy, you're listening to the Texas A&M RUF podcast. Hope you enjoyed the talk. It's on. Uh, hello. I did not expect to be up here again, but here I am. So, sorry if you didn't, if you didn't want to see me up here again, because I'm, I'm back. Uh, but welcome to RUF. I'm George, the other intern. People have said that. But if I haven't met you, or we've never met up and hung out, my names or my numbers in the little pamphlet. So, like, hit me up. Would love to love to hang. There you go. That's pretty cute. that one. Uh, yeah, hit me up. Let's hang out. Let's get together, do some fun. Um, this semester, we're going through the Psalms of Ascent. So if you haven't been with us, we're going through the Psalms of Ascent, uh, which are a collection of psalms that were sung by God's people as they ascended to the Temple of Jerusalem. Uh, it was kind of their songs for the road, if you will, road trip playlist, if you will. Uh, And tonight, we're in Psalm 128. Uh, But before I read it, uh, I'm going to pray and then we can uh, rock on with it. All right, I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time. Uh, Thank you for everyone here. There's a lot of things they could have chosen to do with their Wednesday night, uh, but they chose to be here and worship. Um, And that's that's a beautiful thing. and And I thank you for that. Please you know, open our, our ears and our hearts to your word. Um, let them, let, they, let, let your word land on softened hearts, Lord, um, and let it penetrate us into our bones. Um, and in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Um, so, Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Song of sin. Uh, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways shall eat the fruit of your labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around the table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord blesses you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Um, so, as all of you know, we all turned 16 at one point in our lives uh, and got driving's, driver's license. is a big deal. Uh, and I remember when I went, I like drove down to the DMV with my mom and then like the driving test lady hopped in the car and we talked about LeBron and... <laughs> We took four right-hand turns, and I parked in an empty parking lot, and she was like, way to go. You get a license. And I was like, that seems a little too easy, but I'll take it. You know, I want my license. And I got home. My mom was like, all right, you got to go take the car for a spin. Like, go drive alone. Um, And then, you know, as a mother does, she hit me with all the, like, the mumbo-jumbo of, like, 
be safe, you know, go the speed limit, stop at stop signs, look for pedestrians, like, I'm like, yeah, 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 you know, you're like, yes, mom, like, I'll do that. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm about to go out there and just like have a blast and like feel the freedom of like, just like driving. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I just like run out the door, grab my mixtape because I was driving a 2000 Suburban that didn't have an aux cord. So I had to make sure I made a nice mixtape of all my tunes before I had to drive. So I throw it in there, roll down my windows, just cruising along, you know, going probably way too fast, probably not stopping fully at stop signs, uh, not really paying attention to my surroundings because I'm just like soaking in this newfound freedom that I have. And I grew up on a mountain, and so there's a lot of turns that were a little sketchy, uh, a little twisty, and there was one in particular it's kind of hairpinny for all my racing fans out there. Bit of a hairpin. And I remember I, I was coming up on this turn, and you kind of have to take it like 15 miles an hour. I was going like 35. And I was like, oh no. Like, this is not good. <laughs> like, I'm gonna wreck uh, in my first 30 minutes of being in a car by myself. And I'm like freaking out, and I'm like, as I'm like slamming the brake, there's like another car coming. And I'm like, shoot. Then I'm like, that's an 18-wheeler. That's pretty scary. And like, so it's like turning, and like the, the trailer is like partially in my lane. And I'm like, I'm not even going the correct speed to make a proper turn. And yet then there's a car in my lane. I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in my first 30 minutes of driving. I'm obviously going to die. But... I like slam my brakes, I'm able to like kind of skirt off into like the ditch kind of and like get out of there and then like I remember like kind of stopping at the next stop sign after that happened and I was like, whoa, like that was not good. Uh, I'm going to go home now because this isn't very fun anymore. <laughs> and as a mother would, my mom was like, how was it? Like, did you have fun? I was like, yeah, great time, loved it. Can't wait to drive some more. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I can't tell her that I didn't listen to anything she said and that I thought I knew what I was doing and almost died. <laughs> she would be pretty upset that I, she hears this, sorry, mom. Uh, but I think, I, I say all of that to say, I think there's an underlying theme in this psalm of maybe you don't know what's best for you and maybe that's okay, and maybe God actually knows what's best for you, like my mom knew what was best for me when I decided to start driving. Um, and when we look at the first verse of this psalm, it, it essentially sets up the entirety of the rest of the chapter, of the, I guess it's the whole chapter, um, when it says, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. It, it lays out three, like, statements essentially fear of the lord walking in his ways equals a blessed life and so we're going to unpack what does it mean to fear the lord what does it mean to walk in his ways and what does that mean to have a blessed life so first we'll look at fear of the lord um if you're like me you hear fear of the lord and you think like fire and brimstone like a tent revival and the 
second awakening or something, great awakening, you're like, you got to be scared of God. Like, he's so powerful, he's going to, like, spite you. And, like, if you don't shape up, he's going to, like, wreck you and, like, send you to hell. So, like, you better, like, get right or, like, that's where you're going. And that's, like, one view. And I was, like, I feel like that's kind of a, kind of how we just, like, naturally think about it if we're not, like, being super cognitive of that being a really wrong interpretation of the nature of God. Um, and what I want to offer you is that actually another way, uh, one that is in line with the nature of the God that we know, um, and that's a fear of the Lord that is actually more of like an awe uh, and an admiration, like, whoa, like this is the creator of the universe we're talking about. Uh, this is like this all-powerful being that like I'm just like starstruck by. Um, like people always use like examples of like meeting a celebrity and you're just like what do I do like I don't know what to say to you because I you're like everything I thought I would ever want to be um and it's like that kind of thing like we're just like enamored with this overwhelming sense of the grandeur of God and it is essential that we know his nature if we're going to be able to have that view of him and like have a proper fear of the Lord. And so, like, how do you view the Lord? Like, how do you view his nature? Like, do you see God as like angry and like every time you sin, he's like ready to like smack you? Or do you see him as someone who delights in you? Um, like, who's for your thriving, who created you and said you were good. And he's, that he's for you. Um, that he is working things to your good and not to like harm you. Um, because I think that's essential. Because if, if that is not at the core of how we interact with God, we can never properly fear him. And we can never actually walk in his ways. Because we don't actually know his nature. Um, I think a great little hymn or song, I don't know how old it is, so I don't know if you classify the song or hymn, but uh, it's called, But For You Who Fear My Name. Uh, and one of the lines goes, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth again and skip about like calves coming from their stalls at last. Um, and I love the image of like calves being released from stalls, just like bursting with energy and like joy and like happiness to be like free, like fully free. Um, and that's what a fear of the Lord does. Like a proper understanding of God, a proper understanding of who he is, of how we relate to him. Like, it wells up in us to the point where we can't help but move. Um, and that's what the psalmist says. He goes, not only do you fear the Lord, you have to walk in his ways. Like, it, it wells up in you that you have to follow. Um, it's not enough just to, like, recognize God as, like, powerful. But there has to be an action to that. And I think that it kind of leads into the next idea of, like, well, okay, then, like, how do I walk with God? Like, if 
if I know who he is, isn't that like some people's like, oh, that's enough. Like I know who he is. I've studied it. I get it. I'm good. But like the psalmist is like, if you want the blessed life, if you want to be blessed, you have to walk um, with him. And so, yeah, what does it mean to walk in his ways? Um, I think we often kind of boil it down to like, did you, did you pray? Did you read scripture? Did you go to church? Did you go to small group? And it's like, you do those things, you're walking with God. And I think that's totally fair. Like, I think that is true-ish. Like, those are all parts of walking with God. Like, that is true. Like, those are all good things that you should be doing and are, like, healthy and, and growth. But I, I think actually walking with God is more than that. Like, I think a lot of times we get so caught up in that, the, the spiritual disciplines that we actually forget that we're trying to know God. Like, we're trying to rest in Him. We're trying to, like, actually know Him. And not just like read and pray to read and pray, um, and so I would argue that it's it's the root of everything that we do, like the pursuit, the walk, the walking with God is like it's central to your being. It's like deep in your bones, and you can't escape it. It's like it is so in you that it's like everything you ever do is encapsulated by it. It's like whether you're reading scripture, praying, like spending time with roommates, studying for tests, interacting with classmates, professors, like whatever it is, like he's so deeply in you and you are so deeply in him that like people notice this sort of difference of how you're interacting with with all these things. Um, And, you know, um, I would ask the question, like, is that you? Like, are you that caught up in the nature of God and your relationship with Him? Um, and if you're not, like, how's that going? Like, I, I honestly, like, how is that going for you? Um, because I, I, would, I would challenge you to think that the, the good life, uh, the, the easy, the actually easy life, is one where God is the center um, and you actually going with the grain of the creator. You're going with the grain of your created purpose. Um, You're not fighting against what like the all-powerful creator has set up for you. Um, And I think I love the image of like with the grain against the grain. So we think golf. I love golf and if you ever played golf, you know, there's like a whole piece where you like read the green, which I don't really know how to do very well. But I always I always do remember that you are supposed to check and see like, is my putt going with the grain of the grass or against? And you know, if you play like it's going against, you're gonna have to putt a little bit harder. You're gonna have to, because the, the ball is, there's friction with the grass. If you were, you have to change your line, you have to, work and like shape your putt in a way that is totally different than you would if the ball is going with the grain of the grass. Like it, when the ball goes with the grain, it, you know the speed better. Like it, it flows with the grass. There's no, it's frictionless almost. Like you know exactly how it's supposed to move. Um, and I would argue that that is, that is life with God. Um, 
that when you when you actually stray and when you turn away and you, you try to chase your own your own path, that you're actually making life harder. And you may think you're making your life easier, but you're not, because you're, you're fighting the grain of the Creator. And so, it, the passage then goes on, and it, we, we see what it looks like to be blessed. It gives us an image of the blessed life. Um, and blessed is such a funny word, because I feel like we throw it around like any, like no other word in the Christianity. It's like, I'm like, I'm blessed. Bless you. Bless your heart. Blessed to be here. I'm hashtag blessed. Like, can't believe I'm whatever. It's like, blessing on blessing. We, we bless food. We bless everything. We're like, bless, bless it all. It's like, we just like, it's like this blanket statement, like everyone's like, yeah, yeah, blessing. And like, everyone's like, what are we talking about? Um, but here, blessing can also be translated as like happiness or like to be happy, to be joyful. And so if we then reread the passage replacing bless, it's happiness. Happy, joyful is the everyone who walks with the Lord and fears, or yeah, Fears the Lord and walks in his ways. Um, and then we look at verses 2 through 6, and it's like, if you're doing this, like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm going to get all these good things. I'm going to be, you know, seeing the fruits of my labor. I'm going to be, like, enjoying prosperity. I'm going to have a spouse. I'm going to have children. I'm going to live in a thriving Jerusalem, a thriving community. Um, I'm going to have grandkids. Like, like, dang, this passage is kind of hype. Like, these are all awesome gifts. Like, these are all, like, beautiful things. Um, but if you're like me, you read it, and you're like, well, what about everybody, all the Christians who, like, their life's, like, pure suffering? Like, what about, like, people who never get married or can't have kids or are always poor or live in impoverished places and never see prosperity? Like, what are they not also blessed? Like, that doesn't... Doesn't conflate. Um, I think it's a like a very good question and like super fair, um, but it's also like a whole other sermon series. Like to be exhaustive of like what the Bible says about broke like suffering and the Christian life is like you could have like a whole yeah sermon series on that. So I can't be exhaustive in how I talk about it, but hopefully it will become clearer than it is now. Um, so we keep going. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out for anybody who's like, he didn't tell us why. Uh, but when we look at those blessings, when we look at you know, spouse, children, prosperity, enjoying like all these awesome things, if you're like me, you're like, this is kind of what we all like strive for. Um, and we're kind of like, you go to college and it's like, well, I've got a major in something, so I need to make sure it makes money. And then it's like, well, it's also like kind of where I need to find a, a husband or a wife. And it's kind of what's going to set me up to have any sort of prosperity. And so it's like, college is kind of this whole chase of the, of the good life. And the reality is, is that 
if we're if we are striving for just those things, our walk with God becomes very circumstantial. And so then all of a sudden when that like boyfriend or girlfriend's like skirt, like I'm out, or like you fail the class, you don't get into the major, you don't do this, you don't get the job, you don't get the internship, you're like my God, like, what the heck, man? Like, you left me you left me to dry out. Like, where are you? Like, why are you, why is all this bad, why, why is this happening? I'm so unhappy. Um, and I think it's, that's a really dangerous place to be because you've turned God into a God of circumstance and he's a God that transcends. Um, and he's a God whose, our relationship with him is not found in circumstantial parts of life. Um, and you know, it could you could read this and get real prosperity gospel with it and be like, get right with God, you get the, you get all this. But I think we all know that like, nah, we might not get all this, or like, and I think we all know that life's not that easy. Like, there's a lot of hard things that happen. Um, and what I think this passage is is really trying to get at is that the blessed life starts with God and ends with God. It's interacting with your circumstances with an unwavering happiness and unwavering joy that regardless of whether you get anything on this list or any list you've created in your head like you're okay and like you're full of joy like you're full of happiness because you have God like you have any something eternal it's not fading and like on to the next thing um, and so this makes me think a lot of this one ministry that we used to do a lot of work with in high school. Um, and it was called Widow's Harvest. And we would do, like, in the summers, we'd do all these work days. And then, like, we would do, like, a whole week where we just, like, work with this ministry. And what they did was this was obviously for widows. And a lot of these women were, had nothing, were really old, kind of lived in crumbling homes. Um, didn't have enough money to pay for groceries, so they would have like a pantry for them to come and like get groceries. Um, and so like we'd go to their house, you know, do do lawn work, uh, clean up their their homes, do their dishes, um, spend time with them, get to know them, worship with them, eat with them, you know, all the things, right? And every single time I did it in high school, and I and I would go back as a leader, there was always the same exact response from students after interacting with these women. Um, and like we would sit down and talk about it and every single time, every student was astonished at how happy they were. Like how happy these people who have nothing in their life is, looks like decay, how happy and joyful they were and how many times they would say like, God is good. Um, like, it blew everyone's mind. And I, I'm sitting in there, and I'm like, I'm in a room full of some of the strongest Christian people I know, and we're looking at these women with, like, how in the world can they have happiness? How in the world can they have joy? And it comes back to, I think our walks were circumstantial, and it's clear to me that those women's walks were not. Uh, they feared and loved the Lord and found all of their hope and joy, even while while hearing like their husband dies, their kids have died, they have literally no one and nothing, and yet you've never seen people worship um, 
with so much joy in your life as these people, as these women. Um, and y'all, that's, that's what it's about. Like, that's what true happiness, true joy in Jesus looks like. It's, it's outside of circumstance. Um, it's, it's internal and eternal. Um, and before I close it up, I do want to point out, like, there's a, a big danger that I think that this passage um, hits on, which is turning uh, the gifts, like husband, spouse, prosperity, whatever your list of good life things are, into, like, your ultimate pursuits, your, your ultimate desires. Um, because whatever it is, however good it may seem to you, um, it's a horrible savior. Um, it cannot save you. Uh, it, it will only fail you at some point. Um, and if if God is not the pursuit, and those things are and those things are not the gifts, then I would imagine your world will feel like it's constantly crumbling down, and you're just scrambling around trying to pick up whatever pieces you can. Uh, and close it out, I, I wouldn't be myself if I didn't quote some Avid Brothers. Um, and so it's going to quote two songs, two different verses. Uh, and the first one is uh, Down with the Shine. Banger. A uh, lot of good stuff in there. But here's one little snippet and it says, there's nothing good because nothing lasts. All that comes here, it comes here to pass. And then the second song is No Hard Feelings, also a banger. Um, and it has uh, the verse, When the sun hangs low in the west, and the light in my chest won't be kept, held at bay any longer. When the jealousy fades away, and it's ash and dust for cash and lust, and it's just hallelujah. Um, y'all, we can run and run and run to good things, to find happiness, to find joy. Um, but if you're like me, you will find that they let you down every time. Uh, and this passage lists some awesome things that we all want at some capacity, um, and they're not going to save you. Um, they come to pass. They turn to ash and dust. Um, and there's really only one place to turn for true, unwavering joy, unwavering happiness uh, that is not circumstantial, that transcends everything you'll ever go through. Um, and that's walking with God. That is putting God at the center of who you are. Uh, and so let's walk with Him. Let's go with the grain of the creator of the universe and let's rest uh, in his love for us and his promises to us. Uh, let me pray. Uh, dear Lord, I thank you for tonight. Uh, I pray that we will learn to rest and you learn to make you the center of everything that we do and everything that we're about. Uh, I pray that tonight you will just give everyone rest um, just be a restful time where we can give thanks to you and uh, praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Texas A&M RUF podcast. If y'all are interested in joining us for a future worship night, we would absolutely love to see y'all at All Face Chapel uh, on the north side of campus across from Sabisa at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go ahead and follow at AggieRUF on Instagram for updates about any other events that we might be putting on throughout the semester. Uh, Thank y'all so much for listening, and we hope to see y'all around sometime.